Hi, this is James Toller with Texas Real Talk. I'm sitting here with my partner, Mr. Franklin. Well, good morning. How you doing? Very, very good. Very good. We got a special guest on, Mr. Four and a Half Percent Body Fat. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm uh, really excited to have him on. I think he's going to do some really, really good things. Excellent. On fire. It's uh, hard to find people on fire. What do you think? I think the whole world's on fire, but nobody notices it. Yes. But, you know, the thing is, it's a matter of finding people that have got the same energy, the same vibration that you've got, that, and understanding that there's a fire inside of everybody. You know, it's just a matter of how do you get it lit, you know? I had to talk the other day about something similar. It was... You know, everybody is like a lighter where they have the the fuels inside, but they need a spark. Absolutely. Right? They need that spark, but then when it's lit, who are they around to keep it lit and keep it on fire, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't dim, dim right on down. Now, the fire's in all of us, but I think that's important. That's what you tried to create as a, as a group, an environment, a community. You have to. People. Right well, you know, the thing is, is that everybody's got a bad day. Everybody's got a bad week. Some people have a bad month. You know, but you've got to have, you know, you and I talked this week, uh, Mondays are on fire at your office, you know, because Mondays you have your big talk. I mean, and everybody's in there and the energy and the deal flow and everything else. And it probably <clears throat> spills into Tuesday, you know, but I'm assuming probably Wednesday or Thursday are a little more chill. That's when I call AC. Well, right? Yeah, the week starts winding down. I got to get fired lit up again. And so my office is Tuesdays, you know, because Tuesdays is our all hands on deck. I don't want to hear your freaking excuses. Get your ass in the office. You know, and Tuesdays are just on fire. Everybody's talking about with their wins and their takeaways from training that morning and everything that we're doing. And I mean, I love Tuesdays. Fridays are like, meh, you know, because, you know, Friday from like 12 to 5 is like the realtor's weekend. <laughs> you know, you get like three hours a week, right? Right. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, my phone's on 7A, 7P, seven days a week, you know, and so, but you've got, you're right. You've got to have, how do you keep that going? You know, what is that environment that we can create or that mental attitude that we can create and being around the right people, you know, like AC and, uh, you know, Carlos and Caleb and, you know, a lot of different people that you're working with. Um, and you've got a really long list and I've got my whole team and I try to engage with them as much as possible because the more that they're excited, the more excited I am, you know, because it's almost um, I'm successful by proxy. I agree. You know, you know, I, I, I don't really look at my success, you know, I'll do 15 million this year and I'll make good money and everything else, but that's not how I judge my success. I judge, that's just what I do. Uh, my success, I judge by the success of the people around me, you know, because that for me is the true litmus test. And I know you feel very much the same way. I think that, you know, I've heard of people burning out you know, doing this for 10 years, 15 years, and just slowly petering out. Mm -hmm. now, I've got a friend of mine that, and he said, man, what do you think I should do? I'm, I just don't feel like I've got the fire anymore. I was like, it's because, I said, you need to get around others who have the fire. You see their progress, you see their growth, and it inspires you. I don't think you're helping enough people. Mm -hmm. And that, so he started to you know, start up his classes again and, you know, really get going. I'm famous in my marriage for the seven-year itch okay. because I get bored. <laughs> I get bored. I mean, and historically in our marriage, I have changed professions. And I, I've never done small changes, right? I went from 
this job to that. I went, I was an electrician's apprentice and I got tired of doing that. And I went into retail and got really big. Oh, oh that's why you're laughing so hard. You get bored, right, AC? Yes. You know, it's like, dude, let's, I've let's mastered go. this. What the hell's next? What's next? Yeah, I mean, this, I don't want to do this anymore. This is boring. Yeah. And so literally this week, I told you, I talked to you earlier this week and I was like, I'm pissed. Because, you know, we're doing this podcast and I'm killing it in what I do. But James is coming in here every week and he's got his guys killing it. And I'm extremely competitive. And this week I told my wife, I was like, I'm, I've got the itch. And she stopped the car and looked at me and she's like, <laughs> what? And I was like, I'm not getting out of real estate. It's okay. <laughs> she's like, then what? What? I was like, you know, James is coming in. He's got these investors and I'm, you know, I'm killing residential. I've got to invest more. I'm going to buy 12 houses next year. I've got to do this, you know? And she's like, oh, okay. I mean, she didn't care that I just said, I'm going to buy $4 million in houses next right, year. She's right. like, you're not getting out of real estate. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you stay in real estate, we're okay. Yeah, so, so Ace, or AC, what, what do you do? What's your background? How'd you get into this? Why do you get bored? I mean, just tell, <laughs> tell us what you do. Well, uh, my wife's sitting over there. I never get bored. Um, she's beautiful, and she's got the same percentage of body fat that I do. Um, so that part I don't get bored in. Um, I will have to say I'm the same way with you. I do get bored with things easily. So um, I, I have to say discipline. Um, you know, um, I'm a personal trainer. Okay. Um, but I'm more of a life coach than I am a personal trainer. You know, okay. I teach people it's not it's a it's a healthy lifestyle that we need. It's not a it's not a diet. It's not a workout. It's a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. because we can work out and we can eat right and still, you know, not look good and not not um, you know. Uh, work efficiently right mm -hmm. okay so not only do we need to work on um, muscle imbalances but we need to work on our our brain we need to what's work mentality on our, our focus health our, is mental yes. it's yes. not physical it's, the it's, physical it's, is an attribute right. to proper mental health right and mental health is, is 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 very very in tune with your physical health right because food equals inflammation Right. So any kind of food that we eat inflames our body, inflames our brain, inflames our organs. So our idea is to eat foods that take down inflammation that keeps our body uninflamed. That way we can it's easier for us to remember the stuff that we wrote down and remember the person we talked to, remember the name of the person that we met. Yeah, I can't tell you what I ate for dinner last night. Exactly. You know, it's because of that mental <laughs> fog because of the inflammation in our brain. So it's the what same in, what's thing. really inflaming steaks huh? or any kind of food that has, no, has preservatives, right? Um, you know. So we can eat steak. It just needs to be moderation. Like, it needs to be like Kobe beef, natural. You know, once no, a month. No, yeah, you know. I don't know about once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you know, chicken, shrimp. No, fish, that's all. Shrimp, we, you know, we I have not cooked beef in my house. Excellent. In over twenty years. Great. And, and when all, you do, you the totally first time my dad made me eat a ground turkey burger, I thought he was like channeling satan i was like why is this why is this burger kind of white why is it gray but i have not had a beef burger in 20 years excellent excellent <clears throat> yeah the, the marbleized fat and the way they uh you know so kill the animals and uh, the, the, the the way the, the the red meat affects your body uh, there's there's so many things to red meat that i try to stay away from uh, but you're not vegan I'm not vegan i'm pegan Okay, I've got to ask, what is pegan? Okay, that's a new so, one. So pegan is 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 a is a uh, is in between paleo, okay, and vegan. 
Okay. Okay. So I want to stay mostly plant-based, but I still eat chicken, shrimp, fish, occasionally beef, you know, a lot of deer meat, um, a lot of yeah. elk, uh, a lot of uh, different types of range roaming animals. Well, because they're more killed, natural, lower fat content. They're not killed like in a assembly line and know that they're being killed so they don't shoot adrenaline through their body before they're killed so it doesn't give you toxins mm -hmm. within the beef. Yeah. Okay. So all these things lead to inflammation. Sure. There we are. Okay. You know, something I've learned over, I don't know, last year or so is kind of health and real estate. Hmm. You mean the fact that there is none? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. That's, well, it's that's, so easy, that's, you know. Huge. Think about when you're doing tons of deals. You're on appointment to appointment to appointment. Where it's easy eat? to just stop in Waterburger every day. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. You want to know how to fix that? Keep a head of lettuce in your car. MyFit Foods. <laughs> keep, you, keep you a little a little cooler in your car, and you always have a MyFit Foods or Snap Kitchen or one of these good prep, or, or if you meal prep, I like mm. to meal prep, you know, cook once a week and then have a, a bunch of meals and just have them ready to go. If I know I'm going to come hang out with James all day since I live in the Galleria area, I'm going to be down here. I don't know when I'm going to get to eat and if I'm going to eat, eat something healthy. So at least if I bring my food with me, I know that I'm going to have a healthy meal, and I don't have to worry about that. So I got a question. Yeah. How many times a day do you eat? Two. Two? Yes. Okay. And one snack. Oh, excellent. So when I was so I was a professional martial artist for okay. fifteen years. I was too. Well, good. What yeah. what art? Judo, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, excellent. Japanese Jiu Jitsu, Aikido. So traditional, you're not on you're not on the flavor of the month. No. no. <laughs> traditional everything. Yeah, so I taught Kuksul, which is a study of the Korean arts, Make joint locks, point. pressure points, throws. We talk about this at the closing your app. And we at that time, based on the information we had, I taught my students to, to eat six times a day. You know, but that it was, was, old, what, it, yes, it was yes. smaller meals. You don't gorge. You know, exactly. You know, the thing is, is keep the metabolism running. Smaller right. meals. So you know, keep yourself you fed. Well, exactly. You know, and so um, when I left my school, and this is a this is I bring this up because James talking about real estate, and you know, my dad had a truck when I was a kid. It was this badass Chevy, jacked up, fire engine red tires and wheels, the whole thing. And then he sold it. And I saw it like six months later, the tent was ripped and the door was beat in. And I was like, dad, you know, look at that. And he's like, I don't care. I was like, why? He's like, it's not my truck anymore. You know, my dad was very, very segmented. Everything he did, he had 25 different careers. And when he left, he was like, he closed that book. And so I made the mistake when I left martial arts, that was a chapter I was done. I walked out of the school. I sold it, loved my students. Uh, one of them sitting in the room. Um, you know, and I love those relationships, but I just, I checked that box and I walked away. When I walked away from martial arts, I was 40 years old. Um, I weighed about 172, about seven to 8% body fat, could do push-ups and sit-ups until I got bored. You know, it was just what I did because I worked out 40 hours a week. Right. And now I'm like 205. I have not checked my body fat in a long time because <laughs> I don't want to, right? you know, but it, it but it, it beats me up mentally all the time because I know what I'm capable of. Yes. I know what I yes. should be. Yes. It's just, I come do this all day and then I go home and I'm like, I eat a steak. <laughs> so the goal for you is to do it before you go to work. That way you get it knocked out. Well, there's always things that happen in the evenings. You know, what's funny is I, like. I have an agent in our office that I yelled at. So Justin is really, I mean, he's, He's big on working out. He's yeah. swole. He's yeah, yeah. good-looking young kid. And uh, he was bitching about his routine and everything else. And then 
I was like, you need to have your ass in the office, X, Y, Z. And so he was always at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I got to get out. I got to go to the gym. Yeah. And so yeah. now he's working out at 730 in the morning. He comes in. He's in a better mood. His mental his mental state is better. You know, you get that adrenaline dump. You get yes. those endorphins running. Adrenaline. Puts you in the right frame of mind. So how do you translate that into what we do? So so what I've noticed is is... is you know, we're so busy getting deals. We're so busy. We're, we're worrying about what the next thing is. We, we, and, and we second, you know, we put our body in second. We put our, we put our food or in third second, or fourth. You know. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I would say, you know, pre-cook your meals, intermediate fasting is probably the fastest way I would say to get somebody to lose the weight that they desired. Um, I've been doing this for 13 years and I've been through uh, different diets and all these different, you know, ways of eating. And what I've realized, if you eat between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. and you fast in between them, and you eat around 1,000 to 1,500 calories when you do eat a day, mm -hmm. you're in this deficit and you're always in this deficit. And so you can pretty much eat how you want and it won't really affect you as much, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just about kind of getting the mindset of changing your way of eating to where it, it helps you become uh, uh, more present, okay? Because if we're, if we're eating healthy, we can be more present here, right? Sure. If I'm, if I'm healthy and if I, I feel good, I'm, I'm present. I'm, I'm, I'm soaking up all your knowledge that you're, that you're feeding sure. me. But if I'm, 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 you know, if I just ate and I'm, you know, something heavy and I'm, I'm tired. I, I don't understand what you just said. I, I'm second guessing what you said because I maybe heard something wrong or um, I'm so tired I didn't, I didn't you know, take it in. Mental acuity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that, that part is, is so important is, is to change. You have to change. You know, you can't just keep doing the same thing. And it, it, what is the, the thing of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again. And if you not, always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. Right. Yeah. You have to change. <clears throat> change is, it, it, and then change in, it, it is, is growth. And, and, and growth is what, what, what we all are, are wanting, right? Sure. So I'm assuming you work out a lot. Yes. Okay. What, I mean, are you, you low weight, high rep? So it's 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 a, it's a constant variation. I think, um, and so there's something that I put down. I wanted for everybody to understand is that you know we all need to work on our muscle imbalances. You need to go to someone and ask them what your muscle imbalances is. Mm -hmm. Find that out. So that way, when you're working, what is out, a muscle imbalance? A muscle imbalance is say, let's say we um, you break your arm, you put it in a cast. And I don't want to break my arm. Well, we know that. <laughs> but let's say you did, and you put it in a cast, you put it in a in a, um, a sling, mm -hmm. and you have it sitting there for six weeks. Sure. Okay, you take the cast off, and that thing is so little, and you're like, what the heck? It's atrophy, right? Sure, of course. Well, atrophy works in the same way as if I'm sitting down every day, just like with the guy sitting in here behind his own desk. He's sitting here. Well, his quads get atrophy right? They become mm -hmm. shorter. His abs get atrophy. His chest gets atrophy, right? So we're pulled over, we're hunched over, and we need to strengthen our back and, and lengthen our, our front, right? That way, because it affects our posture. Well, that's like the old thing uh, that we always taught was that if you've got a bad back, strengthen your front. Yes. You know, if, you want, if, you yeah, if you want to fix your lower back, Strengthen your core. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think that's that, that's how this this is kind of relates is is because it's not only a a, a um, this doesn't only help you in real estate. This helps you in everyday life. Like I mean, this is this is something that I think that the change in constant variation of the exercises, the change of weight, the change of 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 modality, the change of of 
uh, using compound exercises and then using core in between it. You know, uh, not so much rest. Keep your uh, heart rate elevated. You only need to work out 30 minutes to an hour a day. Um, you don't need to be in the gym all day long. You don't need to go yeah. do a cardio session and then a weight session. You do it all at one time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a constant variation of exercises and that lead you to the best uh, end result. End result. That's good. Nice. He's got a very unique way that he does it. You know, you'll have a group kind of like a like a gladius, yeah, crossfit type. You know, and he's moving around, and everybody's, uh, you know, I, I think something the joint compound where he'll do, you know, mix in maybe push-ups and then different things where it's it hits two different muscles. Sure. Right. For, for like an hour. Push and pull or, or, you know, a thruster where you're using your, your legs and your shoulders or where you're, you know, a man maker where you're doing a push up in a row in a row. And so these compound exercises, you know, and that's kind of you, 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 you push those. And so you do full bodies every time. We're not bodybuilders. We don't need to go do a leg day, then do a chest day, then do a back day. That's that old school mentality. That was back when we didn't understand what working out was all about. So these these personal trainers with the only just their one single degree, I've got nine degrees, mm -hmm. um, the, and that's what makes me different. It's because that education had taught me that it's the change of variation and it's not the old school of bodybuilding way of looking at working out, right? It, we want to be a full body every day instead of a leg day, a back day, a, a, you know, stuff like that. Okay, so I was telling James on the way in and I want you to, I want to see if you can kind of, I think you probably understand this mentality given what you do for a living and then obviously having that seven year itch and getting bored, you know, that, Typically, I find that that character flaw is what my wife would call it. Is it comes from people that are uh, hyper motivated, right. you know? Because otherwise, I could go be an accountant, and do it for fifty five years, and sit in an office and be okay and know exactly what I'm going to make for the rest of my right. life or whatever. Be okay with that. But I was telling James when he came in, and uh, I know he's going to listen to it later today. But Jack sent me an amazing link this morning from a guy named Jordan Peterson. Yeah. You know who that is, right, James? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really good. So he sent me this link on this video called The Hero Has to Be a Monster. And it's really contrary to modern-day thinking, you know, right? Because you're supposed to be a pacifist in all things and, you know, don't kill, don't slander, don't do this, don't do that. But, um, you know, my wife and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, and something happened, and I... I wasn't like raging, but I got upset. And she's like, you know, why do you have to react that way? And I said, I said, babe, I said, what you fail to understand is that absolute rage is always bubbling underneath the surface for me. I'm, 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 I was born pissed and that's just who I am. And I channel it, you know, but given the right circumstance, which is rare, it just, it bubbles over. You know, so, but that's what drives me. It's what pushed me in my professional career. It's what made me a good martial artist. It what pushes my business is because it's, it's, it's anger. It's, uh, it's drive. It's competition. It's with myself, not necessarily with outside forces. But, you know, he had a couple of things in here. Uh, we said, uh, you don't always have to be agreeable. You know, the world today says, you know, don't fight with people, disagree with them. Just, you know, be the pacifist. You know, so when you're talking about working out and you're talking about nutrition and you're talking about real estate and you're talking about all this stuff, 
would you agree that there has to be a piece of you that is completely and totally unreasonable? Yes. I like that. <laughs> I mean, to, 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 to an extent, right? You know, oh, in, a, in a healthy I'm, manner. I'm a Marine. Okay, so, my, so thank uh, you very lead, much. Lead my, by example. I was raised by a Marine. Lead by example. Okay? Yeah. You know, you, you lead everybody by example for what you do. You can't, you know, go over there and eat Cheetos and go tell everybody you need to eat correctly, right? <laughs> I mean, you know. You, well, you, you can, but they won't listen. Right. <laughs> you can't get respect unless you lead by example. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's one big, uh, huge thing for me is that um, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to teach something, I'm, I'm also going to do it, right? Um, what does it mean to you if somebody said, if you had to tell somebody, I want you to be unreasonable, what does that mean to you? I don't Personally. want you to expect. I want you to never expect. I want you to always be driven, always to be um, on fire. So I, I got a good example of mm -hmm. that. Go ahead. You know, when I bought my house, it took me what took us probably a year and a half to two years. And when we first saw it, you know, it was empty. There was still the champagne bottle in there from when they had bought it. So they never moved in, never did anything. Oh, good grief! And uh, it was kind of the it was the only one story on the water mm -hmm. in that area. You know, on an acre. But anyway, when I when I, I sent the guy a letter, I wrote him out this is going to be our dream home and everything. This is, you can imagine the most emotional letter you could ever imagine. I sent it to him, and he he called me. He said, oh, we're not selling it. That's that's our dream home too. And I was like, "Well, I noticed you had the champagne bottles because I snuck and I looked through the windows. <laughs> so like, I apologize, but I saw that there. And yeah, we bought it. We just we want to keep it. So after that, I added them on Facebook. I, we kept sending them letters. It's called stalking. It's called stalking. That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, had his number it's now. Uh, started sending him a message on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, if you just Think of me if you ever if you ever decide if you ever decide. Yes. Mm -hmm. I kept sending them letters. I didn't stop that. Now you would say I would think most people would say James, you're unreasonable. That's an unreasonable mm -hmm. thing to do. I get that. Yes. Yeah. When you ask that question, so I, and and I, would you not say most people in life would say, "What are you doing?" This guy's already told you no. You're continuing to pursue something at the likelihood that nothing will ever happen from it. That's pretty. Sure. Foolish to do, you know, but my mind was, I'm going to pursue this regardless of the the results. What he says. Yeah, the results don't matter. I'm going to pursue it, and at some point down the road, what are the odds of it happening? I don't really know. Probably, maybe they're not good. They're fifty fifty. Yeah. Depending on how you look, it's yes or no. Walt, right? yes Walt or no. Disney went to three hundred and one <laughs> banks before he got his 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 money. I mean, at 300 or at 250, wouldn't you say, man, this is enough? Like, I've been to well, so many. That's days, But 301. So Walt Disney uh, created a character. It was, uh, it wasn't, what was it? Uh, like Mortimer the Rabbit. Okay. And had created this big, full-length, you know, picture he wanted to do. And he was working for Universal Studios. And... Uh, Went to him and said, I want some more money to finish this. And they said, no. So he quit and went and created Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was unreasonable. He's like, I'm not going to make this movie the way you want me to make it because I can't make it the right way with the budget you've given me. So he walked away from everything and then created Mickey Mouse. 
Because wow. he was wow. unreasonable in his expectations of himself. Now, I'm not going to put my the, name on there's that. There's very few people that would you know, risk that. Well, think about coming home to your wife saying, hey, they didn't give me the budget that I needed. <laughs> so I'm I told quitting. Pound Sand. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this the seven-year itch here? Well, yeah, <laughs> not only that. I mean, especially having lived through, you know, the Depression. I mean, given the age that he was. I mean, right, good right. Lord. Matter of fact, I just, total sidebar, which is weird. Uh, somebody just sold about a year ago, Walt Disney's house in uh, was like Arizona or somewhere in Southern California, whatever. And it was like this amazing mid-century modern, like completely the way that it was when he owned it. And it was so freaking cool. And they got it for like $300,000. My wife's a Disney fanatic. I mean, just like <laughs> she's going again in January. They've been there a hundred times. But anyways, you know, so... When I talk about being unreasonable for me personally, and I know James, you're working on building a hundred million dollar lending line. What percentage of the world do you think would tell you that it's a completely unreasonable goal? Like ninety nine point nine? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're, I would say it depends on the person, but yes. Ninety nine point nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I would say I've I've tried to get people around me. That would say, not only can you do it, but you will do it, and, you mm-hmm. it, and let me help you do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And who's who's that type of person? Let's be unreasonable together. That's right. Now, who is <laughs> who would say that? He's going to sacrifice for you. Yeah. With you. Well, and the people that want to grow next to you, that want to grow with you. You know, um, Jack was talking this morning and reminded me of something that we used to teach at my school that I actually hadn't thought about in a long time. And you know, we used to we really really taught people that. Proper growth is growing to the level that you can and then stepping to the right and growing the people behind you past you. Say that again? It's growing to the level that you can and then stepping to the right and growing the people behind you past you. Are you saying? Taking them to levels that yeah. you're not so you're going to achieve. You're focusing on yourself till you get to a certain point. And then, and then I, my growth is growing them beyond me. I have told our team here numerous times, I will not consider myself successful until somebody in my office is outdoing me. But you better be fucking running because yeah. I'm not stopping. You know, I mean, and excuse my language, sorry. Um, I get at least one every week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did Cole say yesterday? Uh, 28. <laughs> yeah, he did some podcast. It was I was minutes. trying to be quiet here. I mean, 30 minutes, 28 uh, F bombs. Uh, that's Cole. That's yeah. a, we know him, we love him, we understand. <laughs> He's unfiltered. But, you know, a lot of my growth has actually come from insecurity. You know, I've got this poster in the hallway that I love. It's this big wolf, and it says, I'm coming for everything they said I couldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what fires me is, you know, personal doubt, self-doubt. And, you know, the only way I can squash that is growing beyond what I thought I was capable of. I want to share something with you. Uh, when I was a young man, I was picked on. I was from this very small town. I was bullied. I was picked on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what made me go to the Marine Corps. That's what put me in all these martial arts. That's sure. What, um, you know, um, made me start working out. You know, um, I had this chicken chest, this little hole in my chest where when you looked at me, I looked kind of deformed. And I was so embarrassed of myself, you know. Sure. I was short, little, just d- depressed all the time about, you know, um, I wasn't in sports. I did more hunting and fishing because my parents were always at the lake house. And so when... I got out of high school. I started working out and just really started getting into it. And then I got in the Marine Corps. Really started working. Oh out. yeah. And um, and then I'm you know 
I put this little this little picture on my vision board of these abs, and I said, I'm going to one day have these abs. Sure. Well, I've got like a hundred more of them than what this picture had on it. Like, <laughs> when I tell you I have like a hundred abs, like when I take off my shirt, it's crazy. I can't even believe that that's me. Mm-hmm. Because I was this little kid with this ugly little body that was going nowhere. And I was in this small little town, and now I'm in Houston, Texas, killing it. So... It just goes to show if you have the focus, you have the vision board, you have your drive, you can overcome anything and become as successful as you want. Sure. Um, that just uh, came to me. When so you what, what limits people? Their mind. How? Uh, you, you know, you, you get yourself in a bubble and you think, I can't get out of this bubble. I'm stuck in this. You know, you, you, you've got to meet more people for your... Okay, they they say a healthy mind is is someone who had who you know uh, is around uh, more people. Sure. Who has a more people in their circle, and an unhealthy mind is people who are alone and people who are depressed and things like that. So opening up your circle and 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 getting more information from other people, I might learn so much from this guy. I might learn so much from her. I might learn so much from him. But it's what I put together and 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 mesh together to to teach people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's that's a that's a big uh, thought process of mine. Um, and I love to teach. I love to to um, to share everything that I learn from each individual. Because I learned so much from him that I'm already teaching everything that I've learned from him. Right? Sure. You know, everything that well, I teaching's from a mindset. Yes. You know, it's it's the, in my opinion, teaching is not. A lot of people misunderstand because they think that a lot of teaching and uh, coaching is comes from a position of arrogance. Right. You know, I have right. so much. Right. I have so much to give. Yes. You know, but for me, honest teaching is a servant mentality, and I know James feels this way. You know, um, matter of fact, there was something that I wrote down here. What was it? Um, I made a post earlier this week. I think James saw it. I got to check my Facebook, James. It won't let me tag you on anything. I put your name in and it just comes up with Maggie. <laughs> Got to change that. But uh, how do you make your dream your story? You so know, because make, everybody's make got dreams. Make, 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 that, make that vision. Make that a vision board. Just like me and my, my wife, uh, we have a vision board. We have a, we have a goal board. We, have a, uh, we talk about, hey, we're going to this meeting. This is what we want to expect out of this meeting. This is what we want to acquire out of this meeting. This is what we are going to get out of this meeting. Okay? Um, and, and we talk it into existence. Um, we, we see it on our vision board, and we see where we're going, and we have plans of how to get there. Mm-hmm. I think you you have to have you can't just go through life and be like yeah I want to be rich one day and become rich you got to have a way to get there and then there's also a, a, something that this guy taught me is and and Tony Robbins I'm a big Tony Robbins guy um, sure. I've worked with him uh, quite a few times um, but but he says if you want to take the island you got to burn the fucking boats I'm all about burning the boats <laughs> there's one. Okay. I'm all about the boat. Okay. You've got to burn the boats. You can't have one step. You can't have one foot in the personal mm-hmm. training world and one step in the real estate world. You either got to burn your boats mm-hmm. and in one area to get to the next area. How often we talk about burning the boats, Jack? Okay. Burning the <laughs> damn boats. And it's so hard because you're like, hey, I might make this little bit, but where the big area, where the big target is over here, I'm so scared to get there because I won't get out of this one boat. 
Well, that's that's fear. It's yes, insecurity. Fear. It's conditioning. It's social conditioning. You know, get the job, make the check, self confidence. You know, yeah. put the money in your four hundred one k. You know, take right, the. Right, it's right. got it. It's safe, but it pays insurance. It's got insurance. It can't quit. In other words, being reasonable. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Be reasonable. You know, I've talked about this a million times because I've got really good friends that when we graduated high school and they were doing the college thing and one of my best friends and I still friends with these people since I was 10 years old and he looked at me and he's like, one of these days I'm going to pull up to the gas station and you're going to put gas in my car. And I was like, no, and he, but he, I bought it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, and he was, he was basically as a yeah. concern and being legitimate and just saying you're messing up. Right. And I was like, no, I said, we're going to end up in the same place. College is not my gig. We're going to take different routes. Mine's going to be harder. But we'll get there. Fast forward 30 years, and we're all in the same economic position. We're all got right. the same investments and everything right. else, you know. But they've got their 401, and they've got their insurance, and he's a CPA, and the other one works at NASA. And I mean, they've done their thing. But it just—it's a dream killer for me, you know. The taking the nine to five and and doing, you know, being reasonable is is a dream killer because you can't wonder. Everything's You'll get planned. the seven-year itch. Yeah. I, much less the 14 and the 21 and right, the 30, right, right. 28. And yeah, I, I just, I, I can't understand that. You know, my dad uh, was a Marine. He was a Marine aviator, flew uh, Chinooks. And, uh, you know, it, the guys here make fun of me because they'll, some random comment will come up, you know, because I was an electrician. I was a plumber. I uh, rode rodeo when I was a kid. I've been in retail. I've done uh, construction. I've uh, been in real estate. I was a martial artist. I mean, there's not a whole lot I haven't done, but I pale in comparison to what my father's done. You know, crashed helicopters, jumped out of airplanes, Marine Corps, stole Jeeps, rolled them over in the mountains. You know, I mean, just the guys rode through the panhandle on a dirt bike shooting prairie dogs with a six-shooter off the side of his... I mean, it's just like, you know, it was like this last-generation kind of guy, which was a lot to live up to. You know, but that's something that's missing for the people that we're coaching. In our generation. Yeah, I mean, the people that are coming up underneath us, they had Nintendo, and, mm. you know, they've seen pictures of the prairie dogs, and they've the seen thing. pictures of helicopters, and, you know, they've, they've experienced it on video or whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's it's foreign. So how do you... My father was a an amalgamation of all this life experience, which was incredibly daunting mm -hmm. as a kid. Because how do you surpass? I mean, you know, the, the hope of every father is for the children to surpass, and the hope of every child is to yes. surpass the father or the mother. You know, but that was a daunting task for us. But the kids coming up today who are being raised by people that have never done anything, right? They haven't experienced life. You know, we talked last week about uh, the object of man is not to exist but to live, Right? You know, I, I actually, you know where I got that statement? Where? The closing line of the new James Bond movie. <laughs> it was from uh, uh, Jack London or something like that. And it was like, he said, the, the object of man is not to exist but to live. I will not use my days simply to prolong them, but will use my time. It's like, I'm not going to live just for the sake of living longer. So, like, you could get healthy just to make sure you go from 75 to 85 years old, right. you know, or you could use it to be in a better mood, to have that endorphin push every day, to be happier, 
to succeed more, to do more for others. You know, there's different points of view. You know, and I, I find that, you know, it's something that everybody needs to look at their, their health as wealth, okay? I, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I don't, it doesn't matter how much you got in the bank compared to me. It, what matters is, is how healthy you are because it's, if you're not healthy, you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, enjoy that wealth um, and, you know, here to come. Like for, for instance, you know, like if, if you don't worry about your fitness, um, you know, around 60 years old, you might start getting Alzheimer's because of all the sugar you've been eating, because mm-hmm. of all the sugar intake. You know, maybe 70 years old, you, you start having like, you know, lung issues. But, you know, there's all these different things. You can't things. even collect Social Security anymore until 67 and a half. And the average age of death is like, what, 76? Yes. That's the big thing rolling around. Work for 67 to retire for 11. people are obese in America. Okay, it's up to 70%. Now, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, that, that just goes to tell us that we've got to stop something. We've got to change something. And if we don't change together, if we don't change now, I mean, it's just going to keep getting worse. So how do you temper that because then and i agree with you right you know the 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 state of what we do because everything's so fast Uh, we've got an amazing agent uh here in our office that james and i are really good friends with alexandra Mm -hmm. and um she's actually going to be in our podcast i think next week hopefully um but anyways she's only been in the u.s for seven years she's she's what i call nato so she's romanian raised in spain husband's cuban and just got her uh, naturalization citizenship last year. Right. And, I mean, she literally stood parents in her... Parents are in Italy. Yeah, parents are in Italy. I mean, it's just she's all over the place. Right. And, and she stood at the window on the 4th of July with the flag right out, because the flagpole's right out there, and just cried. You know, because she's living her dream, right? Right. But they people come to the U.S. and they see the way we live, and there's so much that they admire because of the speed and the wealth and right. the availability and the opportunity, but then they look around and go, y'all a bunch of fat fucks. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You know, yeah. so on the one yeah. hand, our our nutrition has evolved to the point that it has to to feed our lifestyle. It's because it's, everything's automated, right? Every, so so there's everything's going to automation, everything's going to tech, technology, and so that's what's fueling this for for the Americans, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're in there, we're in a fast state to hurry up and get to, you know, somewhere to, to, to have a meeting to make some money to do this, and that's why all these little fast food joints are everywhere. And they're not real food, they're processed food. You can't go to a restaurant, not even the best restaurant in town, and get something that doesn't have a process in it. Because they need the processes to keep the food in their storage until they feed you. And they do massive amounts of people, so they have to buy massive amounts of food. So they can't buy grass-fed, uh, grass-finished beef because it would ruin in a couple of days. And I can't afford it if they did. Well, true. That's true. <laughs> and so, so, you know, this automation and this, this technology is hurting us um, as uh, the human race, especially us Americans, because let's say we go to Canada and half the things that are in our in our food and stuff is you can't even get there. You can't even get a Cheeto there uh, because they would not allow the products. You can't eat styrofoam. <laughs> no. no. I'm not going to lie. I like Cheetos. You know, uh, there's just some things that they won't allow that's in our food here in America that's 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 available here that they won't allow in other countries. Because they don't want their country to get fat or to get unhealthy. Have you ever seen that thing where they took that McDonald's cheeseburger and they like put it on a plate? For a year. (laughs) And it didn't change. Didn't change at all. I mean, it like shrank a little bit. So much. But I mean, but it was just, it was so preserved. It just sat there. Yes. Ew. (laughs) French fries was right with it too, by the way. Yeah. Just gross. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the big argument today is Whataburger or In-N-Out Burger. I mean, so I guess the argument should be... Both of them should go to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) That comes down to neglect, too. You just put it on the back burner and you don't think about it. And you let your busy life take over. Mm -hmm. And you just end up in a place you, you, you didn't recognize. No, and you're right. But I think part of the whole problem with health and wealth and everything else is that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, that is interceded into every aspect of our lives. You know, whether it's food or money or, you know, cars, homes, everything. I'll overpay for this because I want it right now. Right. You know, uh, my took my wife out. She just got a new car and we went and looked at them. And we went to the BMW dealership. We went to the Mercedes dealership. Which, by the way, that's that place is a shit show right now. <laughs> I mean, I went to the BMW dealership. How many new cars do you think they had on the lot? Probably not many. They were all on the showroom floor. There's none? They had four. Four new cars. That is not a business I want to be in today. I got you. You were trying um, to sell those? Isn't that something? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, then they had right, like six guys there working. And I'm like... Y'all going to sell these cars three times or what? Anyways, and so then we finally made it to the Lexus dealership, and she found this really nice car. It's this brand-new RX four, uh, 370 or whatever, it, it, but it's this black line edition. It's completely murdered out, black rims and nice. black everything. It was really cool. And got all the numbers, did everything, and the guy's, I mean, ready to go. I mean, he's like, you know, here's the paperwork, and I was like, cool. I'll call you tomorrow. He's like, well, we got us all done. I was like, I don't buy anything first time. Not a TV, not a car. I don't buy anything the first time. So you think about it. I, I've got to go home and sleep on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because 95% of the time I wake up the next morning, I'm like, holy shit, I'm glad I didn't buy that. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up sleep. That's something that I wanted to kind of hit over. Yeah. If you do not sleep properly, you're not going to get the health benefits that, you're, that you need, right? And you're just a um, dick. I, I, yeah. You know, your body Sorry, doesn't James. process the right nutrients. You, you, don't, you don't recall the right things. Your memory doesn't work right. If you don't get the adequate enough sweet sleep, your body doesn't recuperate. And How many so, hours? Huh? At least seven hours. Six okay. to seven hours. My and wife's claims she needs nine. Some people are different. And some people think they need eight. Some people think they need six. You know, Tony Robbins says he can go off a four to six. You know, every once in a while he'll get a seven or eight, you know, every blue Mm -hmm. moon. But, I mean, and these are some of the biggest minds of America, you know. According Um, to Grant Cardone, you shouldn't be up past nine unless you're a rapper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, if you can sleep till noon, that's great. But uh, most of us can't, you know. No, no. But sleep is very important. It's just something I wanted to bring up that most people would rather sacrifice their sleep than anything else. When and stay up late and watch a little bit of TV, when that sleep is going to give them a better effect for their next day than to stay up and watch a little bit of TV or to read that last little chapter of the book or to finish something. Go ahead and get that sleep. Finish it the next morning. You'll have a much better day and much productive day if you had. Sleep. But here's the thing that I will. I will, I think. You'll agree with this 100%, and I know James will. Most people that stay up late watching TV are doing it to prolong having to get up the next day because they don't want what's coming. That That is a very good observation. If you're staying very up good. till 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning, I guarantee you it's not because you're so entrenched you're in depressed. what you're doing. It's because you don't want tomorrow to come. You know, and when you're 
embracing and you want to see tomorrow. I'm going to bed. You know, like, I'm going to bed so I can wake up tomorrow. Let's go. I want to dream about what's going on yeah. tomorrow. I mean, and I can't wait I to meet James tomorrow. I would challenge yeah. anybody that's that's listening to this to really think about that. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're living on the wrong side of the clock, first of all, like with shift workers, they've already done tests and shown that people that are living on the back side of the clock shorten their lifespan by seven years. Right. Yes, that is true. Like guys that work night, sh- night shift at plants and everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but you know, if you're having those problems, if you've got to have that time by yourself until two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, stop thinking about that and start looking at why you don't want to get up in the morning. You know, what is it that's that's making you feel that way? Something that something else that I I, I think that that helps people out if they'll go ahead and get their red their their you know their regiment go ahead and lined out mm-hmm. outline your regiment and what you're going to do. I wake up at three in the morning. I go ahead and I meditate. Then I go ahead and listen to Tony Robbins. Oh, hold on, hold on. Then I go. You ahead get up at three o'clock in the morning? Yes. Oh morning. fuck that. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm excited about tomorrow, but I ain't getting up at three. Carry on. So Meditation, I, Tony I, I, Robbins. I get up at f- uh, five uh, two fifty five. You know, because I get up a little bit before because I'm so used to getting up at three. Sure. So um, I meditate and then I listen to Tony Robbins and then I pray. And then I spend my time really focusing and channeling my energy of what's going to happen that day. What time do you go to bed? Um, usually around 8 to 9.30. Every once in a while, he'll make me stay up until 11 at some kind of real estate conference. But, um, you know, then he's got to get up at 4. Way to go, get, James. 3. Uh, um, no, I mean, he's yeah, up yeah, okay. But no, but, but that, that's very important is to get you a regiment and get your day started in the proper way. Talking to God, talking to, to you know, looking at... At where you need to go and what you want to do and what you, where you want to be. So I'm going to take this full circle back to something that James and I talk about every single week. Okay. He's talking about living with intention. Everything's intentional. Yes. Everything's planned. You know, and that's not like that it's, it can't be spontaneous, but it's intentional. It's on purpose. Right. You know, I go to bed at this time. I wake up at this time. This is yes. what I'm doing until noon. So w- when you talk about how to make your dream your story, mm-hmm. I, to me, that's number one on the list. Living with intention. Yes. Oh, it has to be creating. Yeah, your you would say, you know, that that's a huge aspect of manifestation because literally that's what you're ta- mm-hmm. to take it to next mm-hmm. step level. How do I manifest? How do you take the intangible thought impulse of desire for something and turn it into its physical counterpart? That's manifest. Well, that I, is the process of manifestation. And I agree with you 100. percent And Jack's staring at me because we're running over. So I'm yep. going to say this, and then we'll, we'll go. <laughs> But I think the other thing you have to think about is the fact that if you're not working towards making your dream your story, I guarantee you, you're already living somebody else's dream. And you're also creating somebody else's dream. Because until you recognize and work towards creating your own dream, you're building the futures of others. Like that. You know, I mean, so I think that, again, and they're living with intention and they're using you as a tool to create their dream until you break off to create your own, you know. All right. Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, uh, James you. has got a full page of notes over there like he always does. Uh, Ace, appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You know, it was awesome. Was and uh, everybody come back again. Remember, uh, new uh, podcast drops every Thursday. And uh, make sure you like our or follow us on uh, Spotify. That's what it is. Follow us. Shut up, Jack. He's laughing at me. All right, y'all have a great week. Bye.